Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all the preparations Harry has put in for today's talk. May his words, your words, touch our hearts and our minds that we may know, know, not only listen to them, but take them to heart and put action to them. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Saviour. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus instructed us to always remember what it was he had done for us on the cross. And so he commanded us to remember him every time we shared his body in the bread and wine at the communion table. Do this in remembrance of me, he said. From our Old Testament reading, we have God's instruction to the Hebrew nation to remember that they were slaves in Egypt and the Lord their God had brought them out of there with a mighty arm, an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. For those who have lost loved ones as a result of war, it will have a very special, poignant memory today. But for most of us, it's a reminder of the suffering and sacrifice by ordinary men and women in the interests of their nation and its cherished values and its way of life. We commemorate this unique event every year. And if you haven't personally suffered the loss of someone near and dear to you through war, I'm sure you can recall your emotions as you've seen our nation's dead arrive back at RAF Lynham from war zones, their coffins draped in the Union flag, and the crowds gathered as the Royal British Legion flags are lowered out of respect for the fallen, and as the hearse slowly makes its way through Royal Wootton Bassett. Were you not moved to ask the question, why did they have to die? Our problem is that in a week's time, we will have forgotten what we did today on Remembrance Sunday. And it's one reason why memorials are erected in even the smallest of communities. And that's why we wear our poppies. It's as a reminder so that every generation of men and women should never forget the lives laid down on their behalf. Memorials are there as visual aids to remind us of the fallen and that we have been delivered from lives which under a dictatorship would be unimaginable. It's by the sacrifice of our forefathers and by the mercy and grace of God that we've been delivered from tyranny, lest we forget. The Hebrews had a similar problem of forgetfulness. They too had passed through a great liberation experience. They had become enslaved in Egypt and were enduring harsh treatment as forced labor. 
God heard their cries of misery and desperation and chose Moses to lead his people out of Egypt in a great national deliverance that we know as the Exodus. But you know, incredible as it seems, the Hebrews were so caught up with the minor difficulties of their journey that they soon forgot their deliverance by the hand of God. They forgot that they had an obligation to God who had so miraculously saved them from a life of slavery and misery. They simply forgot to remember. How so like human nature it is to forget, to be ungrateful. Every year at this time, we have the opportunity to recall, to remember and reflect on all the horrors that our forefathers suffered to gain our freedom. The horrors that took place during the world wars of the last century, and particularly to the Jewish nation in the Second World War. Barbarities still continue in the 21st century. Remember, the enemy never capitulates without a bitter struggle that affects the innocent equally with the guilty parties. Just recall the more recent atrocities of so-called Islamic State. Yes, freedom is only won at a great cost and sacrifice. Jesus summed it up in a few words recorded in John 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The whole of the last 100 years is a story of conflict and it's easy to think of it superficially that is, until it affects us personally. For those who've had such a personal experience, it is traumatic. Whether involved in military conflict or as civilians subjected to military occupation or worse, as homeless evacuees. On Remembrance Day, we focus on the freedom gained for us with emphasis on the debt of gratitude owed to those who made the longed-for freedom possible by their sacrifice. It was at great cost that Allied forces gained the victory that made possible our continuing freedom. The key to victory that brought about the liberation from tyranny was sacrifice. Oh yes, there was a grand design, a plan of action. But it was only made possible by sacrifice. The laying down of life by one person that another might go free. A few still remember wartime experiences when people of many countries that were occupied by hostile, hostile forces had been reduced to slavery and compelled to work under horrendous conditions. Others, more fortunate, were not slaves, but were captives in their own countries, enduring a virtual imprisonment under armed guard. 
Others served in the forces and were captured as prisoners. And it still happens today. We would do well to remember them and their sacrifice. Captivity, or worse, takes place not only in a physical sense, but even worse, spiritually as well. The people of Israel were to remember what they were. They had been slaves, but God had done something wonderful for them. He had liberated them. It wasn't something they had accomplished by their own efforts. They were entirely dependent on someone else's intervention on their behalf. They were indebted to God. But there just didn't seem to be any gratitude. If only they would acknowledge what God had done. The basic tragedy of humanity is that the people who were created by God and for God should now be living without God. Of course, there are degrees of depravity. Those who perpetrated atrocities had sunk lower than most. But that doesn't excuse our captivity to anything which is alien to God's standard. Haven't we all got to confess that we are tainted with the dreaded disease of sinfulness? It may show itself in the more open sins of the flesh, the sort of thing the newspapers like to expose, or the more secret sins of heart and mind, of being selfish and deceitful. Yes, if we're honest, we're all captives in spirit. The people of Israel were called upon to remember that the Lord had delivered them from their oppressor, Pharaoh, who proved to be a cunning and stubborn tyrant, who badly wanted to keep his source of cheap labour and had subjected people to the most appalling hardships. This principle of sacrifice is seen particularly in the Exodus story of the Passover. Remember that the final plague to the to be inflicted on the whole land of Egypt was the passing of the angel of death upon sinful people. No one would be exempted, Egyptian or Hebrew. Moses told his people that the only way to escape was to show on the doorpost of each of their homes that they had followed his instructions of offering blood from the sacrifice of an innocent lamb. The life of the firstborn was due to God, but the life of the lamb was sacrificed in his place. It wasn't a question of one Israelite offering his life for another. It was necessary that something which symbolized a perfect and sinless life be found. The Passover lamb was the means of their liberation. When Jesus commenced his ministry, he was announced by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The original Passover lambs were but symbols looking forward to the ultimate Passover lamb, Jesus. 
Our Lord came to earth to be our saviour by laying down his life on the cross as the ultimate substitute sacrifice for sin, that we might be saved. That is something we constantly need to remind ourselves of. We are to remember our Lord's sacrifice when we share his body and blood at his table here. The newly freed Hebrews were told to observe the Sabbath day. They were a covenant people and they now had the duty to recognize God's gracious provision for them. And it would be demonstrated in their observance of the seventh day as a day of rest. The New Testament writers refer to Christian believers as those who have been liberated entering into a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The Sabbath rest became a symbol, a badge of the true follower of Christ. It's not a matter of resting in the sense of lying down and doing nothing. Christ's followers are called upon to pursue their pilgrimage faithfully to the end. It requires diligence and determination to be a follower of Christ's way. It's a costly business to be a Christian. The entrance fee into the kingdom of God is absolutely nothing. But the annual subscription is all that we have and are. It's much easier to respond to the Ten Commandments as if they were only ten suggestions to refuse or respond as I like, depending on how it suits my purposes. But we need to remember that although the Ten Commandments were first given to Moses, they are taken up in the teaching of Jesus. It must be our code for living, and it's not an option, it's an imperative. The second time the call to remember is given was when Moses was passing on God's instruction on how to treat the poor. It was a powerful reminder that in their newfound blessing, they were not to forget, forget those less fortunate than themselves. They were told, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and needy in your land. Remember that you too were slaves and were redeemed. In Romans 1.14, Paul wrote, I am a debtor. He saw himself as a steward of God's grace. It's as if he had been given a large sum of money, not for his personal use, but to hand on to someone else. In the same way, we, as liberated people, have been entrusted with a heritage to pass on to the next generation. A heritage of morality, and especially as Christians, to share the good news with others. Remembrance Day is a reminder that we too are debtors. We've entered into the fruits of the, and, of the labors and sacrifices of the generation gone before us. Our nation as a whole seems to be far more prosperous than before the last world war. The standard of living has been immeasur risen immeasurably. 
for most people, and frankly, we enjoy it. But we would do well to remember the needy. Indeed, for God's people, it is our duty. In our relative affluence, we shouldn't begrudge that part of our taxes which go to the modest budget allocation of overseas aid. In fact, we might even be ashamed of the amount given. And if we have been blessed with resources, to be sure to support a relief agency as well. This Remembrance Sunday is a moment to remind ourselves that prosperity brings responsibility. <coughs> the third time the text is repeated is again in connection with the social obligations of the Israelite nation. Remember, they were told, to take care not to extort or the poor, or to deprive aliens of justice, and to take care of the fatherless and widows. How appropriate this is for Remembrance Day, to remember with gratitude and practical help for those who still suffer as the result of war. And the same call goes out to us. Remember the freedom you enjoy, and at what cost not just the sacrifice of the fallen, but the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. I think one of the saddest moments in the Gospels is pictured in the words of Jesus when he said, where are the nine? He was asking as to what had happened to the nine men who had known such wonderful release from the misery of leprosy and had forgotten to come back and say, thank you, Lord. How that must have caused our dear Lord great pain of heart. The real question to ask ourselves this Remembrance Sunday is perhaps, where is our gratitude? Why don't we remember more often the sacrifices others have made for us? I'm told that immediately after World War II ended, the churches were full of thankful people. But that sense of thankfulness soon faded. Many people experienced their exodus of freedom from the fear of the oppressor and entered their Canaan. But many forgot their deliverer. So on this Remembrance Sunday, let us remember all those who yesterday gave their lives, allowing us to enjoy our freedom today. And above all, let us not forget him by whose life-giving sacrifice on the cross made everything possible for our salvation. And may it all be to the glory of God the Father. Amen. <clears throat>